Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Fully Vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is comedian Noel Kasler. You may remember he was on the show last September, which, by the way, was my most successful show ever. He was on Celebrity Apprentice for six years, and he knows some stuff. (laughs) And he certainly spilled the tea last time. We're going to have a really great conversation. I do want to remind everybody that I am taking this Wednesday off because my birthday is this Saturday on the 17th. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anyway, so I'm taking that off. And uh, before I get into my conversation with Noel, I do try to keep these intros short. I have a tier on Patreon, though, that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, and I'm so grateful. If you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the About page, check out some of my past guests. Most of the time, I talk to political political people. Sometimes I talk to actors because I used to be one, but just visit patreon.com slash start me up. I do two free shows a week on Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by the what's up show, which is just me alone talking about whatever I feel like, kind of like an online diary. I also do one patrons only show with a guest once a month. Just check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash start me up. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that makes it easier easy to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber. It's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, please rate it and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. Alrighty, please enjoy my conversation with Noel Kasler. Hey, Noel, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kimberly. <laughs> it's great to be back. I had such a blast last time. Well, of course, I've got to say that you were my number one guy. I mean, as far as views... That podcast we did last September totally exploded. And, you know, this is just a funny little side note. Um, I have a friend who's a psychic, and she's okay. I'm not going to say she's the greatest psychic in the world, but she has totally um, said things to me before, like, X is going to happen. Or she she saw something that no, none of us could have known, and she was 100% right. But she had told me, I think earlier in the year, she said, September's going to be really good for your podcast. And it's so funny because you came on in September and because of you, I got over 20 new subscribers. So thank you. (laughs) Oh my God. That's awesome. Well, it was my pleasure. We had a great conversation, you know, and and that's what makes a great podcast. So all credit to you. Well, I mean, you draw, you, you spilled a lot of tea on the Trumps. I mean, (laughs) and the other funny thing was right after I did the show, I was like so amped up. And I had to go to the grocery store, and there's this guy that I see all the time at the grocery store, and I never talked to him about politics, but I'm like, I was just so blown away by what you told me. And I, and, I, and I didn't believe he was a Trump supporter, but I asked him, I said, you know, do you support Trump? And he said no. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just did this podcast with Noel Kessler, and he told me he wears diapers and shits his pants. And I was like, I can only imagine what this man thought of me. It was so That's freaking hilarious. funny. <laughs> um, well, so obviously you are very vocal on Twitter, and I love your Instagram. Your Instagram is so much fun. And by the way, everybody, I linked his Instagram on the Patreon page. But um, you do these weekly rants, and they're fantastic. So, of course, I'm going to go over some of that. But what I want to start off with is, um, and you did, obviously, a a rant about this, but I just want you to rant on my show now, about Trump's lawsuit. Because, number one, we've got the Weisselberg situation going on. Um, His corporation has been indicted. And so 
what do you you know what's your take on that what do you think is going to happen and just just go tell us what you think that's awesome well thanks for asking <laughs> um I think it's not enough. You know, my mm -hmm. main message all along about Trump is that, like, time is not on our side. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to really go after him personally. You know, the Department of Justice needs to bring charges. Yes. It's all good that they're charging Weisselberg, but Weisselberg is essentially a mob accountant. Okay, mm -hmm. he was cooking the books for Trump's father. Mm -hmm. He's been doing that for 50 years. He knows what the gig is. Mm -hmm. He's going to face, if he doesn't flip, like a year in prison. You know, if yeah. he does flip, he doesn't get any time. It's not even worth it for him to flip. And you can already see that Trump and his sort of cronies are throwing him under the bus. So I think he's going to take the fall. Mm -hmm. I think he'll do a year or two up in Danbury or something, a federal prison, and it won't be a big deal. Yeah. It won't be the satisfaction we need. Yeah. Trump org is obviously they're going after Trump organization. And everyone's trying to, like, sort of sell us on that, that that's a big deal. In my opinion, it's not. Trump's been bankrupt before. Mm -hmm. He's been bankrupt six times before. The worst thing that will happen there is they'll call in his loans. Yeah, that's not fun for him, but does he really care? Of course he doesn't, you know, and it's not him personally. It's the organization. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't go after Ivanka. And, and they, she, she may get indicted soon. I do mm -hmm. have some sources that are saying Ivanka will get indicted soon, and we can mm -hmm. get into that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but my main thing is, you know, Trump org is not enough. You know, you're talking about you're suing paperwork, yeah. you're suing documents in that case. Go after the man who laundered money for the Russian mob. Mm -hmm. Go after the man who was a known sexual predator, okay, yeah. for, for decades in New York City, you know, who raped a famous woman in Bergdorfman and then walked back to his office because yeah. he knew he would get away with it, okay? <sighs> Trump knows he will get away with it this time. That's why he had his big press conference last week suing Facebook and social media and Twitter. First of all, you know, and acting like it's it's against free speech. Okay, nobody benefited from social media more than Donald Trump, mm -hmm. and nobody fears free speech more than Donald Trump, right? He made his family members sign NDAs, yeah. right? When his first wife talked about what he did to her in their divorce settlement, they were like, whoa, slow down, you know? <laughs> and then they just gave her a bunch more money than they were planning and made her sign an NDA, mm -hmm. you know, to cover up the brutality of their yeah. relationship where he pulled out her hair and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So nobody wants to keep secrets more than Donald Trump. You know, as you referenced on what I revealed on your last podcast, you know, we signed NDAs on Celebrity Apprentice not to protect some trade secrets. We did it because they didn't want people telling everybody that Trump was wearing diapers and couldn't right. read, yeah. you know, because <laughs> right. they were trying to sell the image of this guy as a billionaire. Yeah. And that's the thing you need to fear. And unfortunately, these lawsuits and the DOJ indictments don't go after the character of Donald Trump, and he's still allowed to play that character on a national stage, mm -hmm. and we saw what happened at CPAC on Sunday, right? Yesterday, he gave mm -hmm. a huge speech, you know? He, he, he denied the election again and announced another run for president, more or less, mm -hmm. which means he can grift for the next three years. He can sow chaos for the next three years, and from the time we last spoke to what's happened, the whole tone has changed, right? Mm -hmm. The Capitol was attacked on January right, 6th. Yeah. You know, we went from having an odious president to having a basically 
you know, a, a sort of civil war, you know, a slow motion mm-hmm. riot that's mm-hmm. sort of roiling through this, the fabric of this nation. And we're in dangerous times, and the threat that Trump posed to us has not gone away. It's instant. Oh my God! It's End just it's <laughs> it's all <laughs> so fr- okay. I do want to ask about um, Ivanka, but do you think okay? So there's the chatter out there that you start off with people like Weisselberg and you move your way up to Donald Trump. Do you think that's going to happen? I do not. No, and I think I get that sort of wishful thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not happening in the case of the January six, right? Everyone's like, well, they're going after all the foot soldiers, and then they're going to work their way up the foot food chain, you know. Mm-hmm. First of all, most of the large majority of the people arrested for that riot at the Capitol are walking free. They're yeah. out on bail. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're not repentant. They're unrepentant. Yeah. And they're not going after your Marjorie Taylor Greens, your Lauren Boberts, you know, the guys, mm-hmm. your, your, your Mo Brooks, your people that were sort of working in concert with Trump mm-hmm. to spread the big lie, right? You know, maybe Matt Getz or somebody hopefully will go down. I'm surprised he's still walking free, yeah. you know, with all the evidence apparently against him. But I don't think they're building a rock-solid case because they never have against Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump has is, is sort of been untouchable. And as I said before, t- you don't want to give him the benefit of time because it's not so much about the truth. It's about who gets to lie first and loudest, mm-hmm. right? And if he announces a canis- candidacy, which he basically did, mm-hmm. he can say, hey, you know, the New York attorney general is going after me because she's an African-American woman, mm-hmm. you know, and she's against. American values that we stand for. Mm-hmm. You know, he can play the racism card in any sort of indictment. Yeah. And they can't get these guys to flip. You know, Matthew Calamari is his head of security, you know. Mm-hmm. So was Keith Schiller was his personal security guy, and that was the guy who, you know, guarded the door when Trump would snort Adderall in the dressing room and things like that. He brought Keith to D.C. He's sort of his body man, enforcer, thug. Matthew Calamari is the same sort of guy. He was one of the two guys that broke into Dr. Bornstein's office to steal Trump's medical records when he was elected president because they didn't want you to know that the dude's been snorting Adderall you know, for right, decades. Yeah. So they stole his medical records. That guy, Matthew Calamari, is not going to flip on Trump. You know, He lives in an apartment in Trump Park Avenue. He drives a Trump Mercedes. Mm-hmm. They'll squeeze that guy, but these dudes are mobsters. Mm-hmm. They're not going to build a big case against him. Because it would have happened already, and I, I don't really think we have, in many ways, the stomach for the truth. You know, Trump was a mob builder. You know, he built Trump Tower with the help of Paul Castellano and Fat Tony Salerno. That's how he got the concrete flowing during a Teamster strike, because he gave an, a, a condo away to the Teamster's girlfriend in Trump Tower. He promised him, you can have a penthouse when this thing's built if you can deliver my concrete. Wow. <laughs> you know, in 1982, yeah. like when there was a strike in the whole city. The guy has been married to the mob his entire career, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's too deep into that in New York City, and there's mm-hmm. too many people that don't want to turn over their those stones to really go after him in the way he needs to be gone after. So I don't think they're building some rock-solid case I would love to be wrong. I'll make one more point. Even if they do, he's already 75 years old. Yeah. You know, so just he's already gotten away with being basically right. the biggest serial criminal in American history in many ways. Oh, you know, Jesus. like he his his medicines led to 600,000 deaths last year. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like because he could only think about himself when he was faced with a, a real catastrophe. And by the way, that's what I was warning everybody about when I broke my NDA and talked about the Adderall. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do drugs and do the gig, more power to you. You know, <laughs> I work with rock bands, you know, I'm used to 70 year old drug acts. If you can go out yeah. and play the concert all good you know what i was trying to point out with trump is that he was so deep into his addictions that he could only think self that he roiled in resentment that he had all these character defects you know if you're in recovery you know his thinking is so twisted that it was a danger to the nation and unfortunately Mm -hmm. what i said came true you know (laughs) like he shut down the nation a bunch of people died and he sort of broke it in a way that we may never fully heal. You know, in generations we will, but I think people really need to be honest about what we're facing now because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's scary and it's, it's uncharted territory. Yeah, and I'm glad you say that because, I mean, I feel the same way. And I always ask people, you know, on my show about how they're feeling, and I'll probably get to that in a minute, but, I mean, how they're feeling about 22, 24. Um, some people are a little bit more hopeful. Some people are a little bit more what I consider to be realistic, and I'm not saying it's not realistic to be hopeful but I think and I do think there are some things that we can be hopeful about but at the same time you know there's it's like you pointed out Trump has gotten away with everything in his whole life and I don't there are people on Twitter who are saying you know you're going to go to jail I don't see that happening so I'm assuming here you don't see Trump ever going to jail no I do not there's no way he ever goes to jail I don't think so now what about Vance what about uh well Vance is the one so wait a minute. I'm con- wait. I'm getting. I'm getting um, confused here. So Vance is going after. Is it Trump's personal taxes or is it the corporation? The corporation. Okay, but that's Vance what I yeah, and that's right. New York Attorney General Letitia yes. James worked in concert with yes. each other. Vance is the New York DA. Right. right sued right, Trump, okay. by the way, for Trump Soho, where Ivanka yeah. was like inflating the prices of how many condos had been sold. She was basically lying, so mm-hmm. investors didn't know it was a bad project. Mm-hmm. And 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 he knew that, and he sort of took a pass because Trump donated to his campaign. You know, <sighs> so. They're both working together. They went after the taxes through the Mazers case. They got those financial documents, and there's granted millions of pages through mm-hmm, them. So mm-hmm. it's a slow process. But this sort of theory that you spoke about on Twitter and that I get all the time, it's like, hey, I'd rather have them build a rock-solid case. And No, you need to do something now. Mm-hmm. It's like – you know, if your house is on fire, somebody needs to show up with a hose and turn mm-hmm. on the water, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? You don't wait forever because we've seen what waiting does. Yeah. And it, as I said earlier, it's not about the facts or the truth at this point. It's about almost quieting the lies that mm-hmm. are simmering because it's not just Trump now. You know, mm-hmm. it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's yeah. all these – Trump sort of broke into a thousand other pieces. And yeah. now those people are all across the country. They're running to be states' attorneys general so they can mm-hmm. overturn the next election. You know, they're, they're the governors, like your DeSantis and your Governor Abbott, mm-hmm. are sort of rising to power with the same fascist ideology, like denying history, voter suppression. So if this gets to the next election cycle, which is like 18 months away, you don't that's it. You know, if, if they take control of the House again, we're, we're kind of done, yeah. you know, and, and the doomsday scenario is they could make Trump Speaker of the House yes. without him actually being an elected representative. And then they could try to impeach Biden and mm-hmm. uh, Vice President Harris. And, you know, 
they wouldn't get away with that, but the chaos that would ensue would would be the objective. Yeah. And and that's what people, you know, that's what you understand and I understand about Trump is that look, the objective is the chaos. Mm-hmm. It's not even that he gets something, it's that he gets the time to break it. And mm-hmm. once he's breaking it to a certain point, he's done his job. Yeah, and and that brings me to the question of Putin because I think that I've heard people say online Putin has no use for Trump now, but I disagree because I think that he is the head of the Republican Party. And I'm not exactly sure what use Putin may have for Trump, but like, what do you think is happening with Putin now and then how that correlates to Trump? That's one of the best segues I've ever heard on any interview <laughs> I've done. So kudos to you because you really just got right in on exactly what I meant in my last point. You know, And the reason Putin was interested in Trump in the first place is because he's the guy you hire if you want to break something. You know, yeah, If you, you want to destroy Atlantic mm-hmm. City but launder money for a while – Trump's your guy. Mm-hmm. You know, put him in business with casinos and you can launder some money through them and then you can write them off when they go out of business yeah. and your money's all clean, you know? So, you know, and, and remember, Mark Burnett wanted to do a, a, his first show, what was it going to be about the Mir space station? Mm-hmm. And he went over to Russia and talked to some of Putin's people mm-hmm. and they were like, no, who you want to do a show on is our guy Trump in New York City. Wow. And that's how Celebrity Apprentice came to be. Okay, the original idea was the Russians. Wow. And what did they accomplish with that? They whitewashed the image of Trump, uh-huh. who was basically a failed huckster joke in mm-hmm. the New York City area. You know, he had a bit of a national footprint, but he wasn't who he was after post-apprentice. You know, NBC made him into this figurehead in the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And then that became incredibly useful to Putin, along with Fox News and Rupert Murdoch, mm-hmm. whose only interest is extracting dollars Mm -hmm. from the American populace that'll buy his BS, Mm -hmm. you know? So they were able to sow discord. And I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, Putin is done with Trump or done with meddling with the U S you know? Yeah. I think his objectives were, went beyond his wildest dreams. You know, I don't think even he could have foreseen what happened on January 6th, Right. you know, or that he could, he could, he could infuse propaganda to the point that half the American public would refuse to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, how does that even come to be? Yeah. You know, we have 40-year-old men in this country that'll dress up as Spider-Man to go to <laughs> Comic-Con, right? But they wouldn't put on a mask to walk into CVS their neighbor's lives. Yeah, right? Like, you know, all the American superheroes wear masks. We're just asking you to wear one, too, Right. <laughs> but but think about that, you know, but it was so successful in this. And yeah. we and the CPAC last weekend, you know, and now it's institutionalized. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason they're having these things every two months and stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. the grift continues and the propaganda continues. And it's now become sort of a religious thing for these people. Mm-hmm. And obviously religion is infused in it, too, yeah. uh, an interpretation of religion. But I mean it more like it's a lifestyle brand to be ignorant. You know, I'm not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Like, why? You know, like, I'm not getting vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, you should be getting vaccinated. You know, and to have literally sitting representatives, you know, sort of post-anti-vax propaganda, you know, in an official government capacity, is it's horrifying. It is horrifying. I mean, it's the same thing because— they're doing they're doing that with colleges. Like I'm not getting no college education. 
you know that that's the liberal commie education and their success i mean that that's been going on for a while but it's getting worse now and they're throwing critical race theory into it as if it's being taught in second grade and it's just um it's appalling what's happening and i think as far as putin's concerned you know we we know that during the i guess the 2016 election and then after that they're playing both sides of the 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 black lives matter debate online and then they're also they were playing both sides of the vaccination debate that was before covid so you know i mean i see a lot of people right now again on twitter because i spend my life on twitter and and there are all these people that if you post anything positive about wearing a mask or a vaccine you get all these people coming on and 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 they are trolling you and usually what I do is I just hide, reply, and block because it's like I don't even know if some of these people are real. I, you know, I mean, I'm sure some of them are idiots that actually vote, but I think a lot of them are paid trolls. And whether or not they come from Russia, it doesn't even matter because they're just right-wing extremists either way that are sending out this message. And so I think that the, the damage that they did, it's, it, it's like spilling over into now when we have this pandemic and it's just making it worse and they are playing both sides of it and it's it's like you said it's completely freaking horrifying um i just had to throw that in there but i want to ask you because this is there was a poll there's been several polls and there was a straw poll they posted on fox that trump is leading with like 70 percent of the support for 2024 and then i think directly under that was desantis at 21 percent or something and then the rest of the people, Marco Rubio, whoever else was, run, you know, possibly running, even Tucker Carlson has a 1% chance. So I've been saying, because I heard David Jolly was talking uh, to Joy Reid, and he was saying that he thought that if it's not going to be Trump, that and he didn't think it would be Trump in 2024, but if it's not Trump, that it's going to be DeSantis, because he's the smart Trump. And by that, I just want to qualify and say, that doesn't mean DeSantis is smart, it means he's smarter than Trump, and so uh, which means he's a little more dangerous. So I'm curious, and I, w- I still want to get to Ivanka, but um, I'll ask you that next. But what do you think about the 2024? I mean, I know that's we still have the 2022, but what do you think? Like, do you think it's going to be Trump, or do you think DeSantis is going to run? And if he does run, do you think he's got what it takes? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. I'm terrified of DeSantis. Yeah, me too. You know, and I think you're 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 description is accurate he is the smart chunk mm-hmm. you know he went to navy jag school he went to harvard law school you know he's not an idiot and he can focus mm-hmm. and he's seen all of the you know the the sort of branding that trump does mm-hmm. even down to the little finger if you notice DeSantis when he speaks he'll stick up his little index finger mm-hmm. and point in exactly the way because he mimics all of the hand gestures wow. and these things may seem like minor things but they're not no they're they not. were incredibly right they're incredibly effective with Trump. So he's taken the best of Trump's little peccadillos, you know, or, or, or performative sort of things, mm-hmm. and he's married them with unbridled fascism, you know, with mm-hmm. blatant corruption in plain sight, you know, with self-serving policies where he was willing to let people die in Florida so he wouldn't look weak to the MAGA base in terms of enforcing COVID restrictions and stuff. You know, if you can remember, they were having spring break when the rest of us were hiding in our apartments up here in New York City, you know, and cheering for, you know, 
EMTs that were going by every 10 minutes picking up people and taking them to the hospitals that they then never got out of. You know, he, this guy was willing to like have the discipline to think about his own political future in the midst of death and chaos. You know, and he has these performative signings all the time, this anti LGBT. LGBTQ signings all the time. Yeah. You know, he's always doing this Trump thing where he'll sign the bill and then hold it up and have a bunch of like white-looking fascist people behind him. You know, yeah. and 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 I'm a white blonde male. I'm not. You know, there's right. nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong when when you're only trying to represent those people and exactly. when what you're trying to represent is 15 steps backward as a mm-hmm. nation. So I think here's how – so that being said, I'm glad you brought him up because he's your real fear, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's like a horse, you know. There's a horse that's ahead, you know, to the last turn, and yes. then the other one starts to sprint. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Trump hates DeSantis. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those sort of, you know, rumors are starting to float out of Mar-a-Lago now. I knew that to be true a long time ago because Trump can't stand anybody who gets more attention yeah. than him. If you remember when there was a, on The Apprentice, there was a guy named George who was an older employee of his, and he became very popular with the audience because he was like sort of this nice old avuncular guy, mm-hmm. and he got along really well with the contestants, and he started testing really well with the audience. And when Trump found out about that, he kicked him off the show and brought in Ivanka. So there's only room for one person in the Trump orbit. If you ever notice when he does these rallies, he'll he'll go to Ohio like he did the weekend before last to endorse a candidate. He'll only let that candidate speak for about 20 seconds, mm-hmm. you know? And then he's like, get back off stage, and he talks for another two hours. So he, he has to be jealous of DeSantis, yeah. the younger, smarter mm-hmm. sort of version of himself, and that DeSantis has his whole life ahead of him, more or less, mm-hmm. in terms of political power, and Trump is clearly, you know, wanting whatever happens, he's obviously not going to be around that much longer. So here's what I think happens. I think they reach some sort of detente, and I'll preface this by saying, what I'm trying to warn people about now is Trump holds an extra, incredibly strong hand at the moment, mm-hmm. okay? This lawsuit that he's doing against social media mm-hmm. plays into all of his strengths because he can fundraise off it, yeah. right? He can send texts, help me take away from the liberal woke, mm-hmm. you know, America that's trying to silence your voice, right? Then he can go to CPAC and he can say that the lawsuits in New York are politically motivated. Then he can announce a candidacy and it throws real doubt onto the those lawsuits because mm-hmm. he can just tell his people they're just trying to stop me because they don't want to take make America great again mm-hmm. and they stole the election last time. He has these boogeymen, mm-hmm. which is how he prospers. You know, yeah. Trump's the kind of guy who always needs an enemy. He's he's most alive when he's sort of battling somebody. Yeah. So what he'll do is he'll fundraise on that. He'll take all the attention on all the rallies. And then I think in the 11th hour, you know, like in the late summer of of 2024, he would be like, I'm going to step aside and let DeSantis have it, you know, because he'll work out a deal with Ron that you pardon me and my family and, you know, we're clear forever. Wow. So that's my doomsday scenario. Wow. Wow. Okay. uh, Now I want to talk about Ivanka. But first, uh, we need to take a quick break. We'll be back after this message. Well, do you ever catch yourself thinking when you're looking in the mirror, ugh, ugh, I wish those under-eye bags would just go away. 
You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing the new Genucel Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote me, I've been using Genucel for a couple of months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around my cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. I love it. I use the entire line of products. It is my favorite skincare I've ever used. Um, they guarantee it, though. Results in the first 12 hours or your money back. Order now. Get 50% off all Genucel packages for summer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That's love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. I use it every single day. I get so many compliments. Check it out. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. Okay, we're back. So let's talk about Vanka. Um, do you, what do you think is going to happen with all of this? Like with lawsuits, people are, you know, I know Mary Trump thinks Ivanka will flip on her father. So just go with Ivanka. What, what's going to happen there? Yeah, well, she would definitely flip on her father. <laughs> you know, Ivanka, <laughs> there's no question of that. And Ivanka has all the secrets. Yes, you know, she Ivanka does. has a lot of cards to play, you know, victim cards which may or may not be warranted. You know, mm -hmm. Trump clearly treated his daughter in a way that most parents would not be comfortable treating their young female daughters. Mm -hmm. You know, he would bring her to modeling parties dressed like a 30-year-old when she was 10. You know, <laughs> he got her a, a modeling contract with John Casablancas mm -hmm. and introduced her to a world as a young teen that you would not want your child in, mm -hmm. you know? And you, 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 you've been in the entertainment business. You yes. know, it's not... Most people, especially most people who had wealth already, mm -hmm. would be like, my kids don't need to work. Right. Why am I going to have my kid in a nightclub at one in the morning, yeah. you know, with a bunch of 40-year-old dudes trying to, like, get her half naked on a, on a magazine cover, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I've seen the pictures, and I've seen Ivanka herself sort of sexually manipulate her father mm -hmm. in a way like, you know, lap dances, things yeah. like that, the breathy, cooey voice. So mm -hmm. she knew at a young age what to get out of daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, she didn't speak like that normally. Her normal voice is low, mm -hmm. and she curses like a sailor. <laughs> but when he walks into the room, it's all the sibilant S's and the soft cooing sounds yeah. that work that work for him. Mm -hmm. And what I witnessed when I worked on Celebrity Apprentice that was that teaching the show. You know, her and Jared behind the scenes were doing whatever it took to manipulate him because hmm. I tell people this Trump this is what Trump wants he wants music to play when he walks into the room he wants to get high and he wants to hit on women mm -hmm. you know or or assault women <laughs> there's yeah, no right. difference <laughs> mind, you know right. but you know my point in that is that he's a narcissist who needs to fill that hole inside of him in the present moment you know he doesn't really have a long game other than continuing his grift mm -hmm. it's about feeding his immediate visceral needs yeah. okay that's what addiction is it's desire yeah. run amok you know so ivanka and jared are very calculating yeah. and they do see the long game and they're very disciplined in their messaging you know ivanka has been off of social media since january 6th huh. right they, they just posted another picture this yeah. weekend of their family right all dressed in turquoise mm -hmm. and creepy as hell it is. ivanka's legs are no longer <laughs> showing but her you know 11 year old daughters are right there in mm -hmm. short shorts which just creeps me out mm -hmm. you know i would never i'm not a prude but i would not be sending out a picture to millions of people right, of exactly. my young daughter yeah like, it's, 
look how long her legs are. You know, like that's just weird. Yeah. But that's a parenting choice. But do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. My point in that is her daughter is now styled the way her father styled her. Yeah. You know, like, so she learns the lessons of this weirdness in this world she was brought up in. They're all in turquoise. They're clearly at the desert. And the whole point of that picture was to show, look, we're not at Bedminster with Dad. Mm -hmm. We're out in the desert. You know, and reality is they both have a 5,000-square-foot cottage on Bedminster. Yeah. Okay? They're never far from Daddy in terms of telling him what to do. It was Ivanka, you know, that coordinated that Lafayette square, you know, gassing Mm. the protesters. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. She carried the Bible over, right, in her Mm -hmm. Birka bag or whatever it was, you know, (laughs) like Birkin bag. So... Ivanka will flip on daddy and, and and she's the only one who could really bury him because she's so disciplined in that messaging and she could play the victim card, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not even saying it wouldn't be true right. because, you know, his mistreatment of her started before she could make, you know, a, a rational decision. A kid's mm-hmm. a kid, whether mm-hmm. you like them or not, <laughs> you know, yeah. she could make some sort of stop syndrome argument that I was so scared of my father that I went along with this you know he brought me into the business when I was a kid I didn't know what else to do because you have to understand Trump was doing what his father did Mm -hmm. you know this tax evasion stuff Trump's dad would put money in like his and his brother's names when they were little kids Mm -hmm. Trump was a millionaire when he was 11 months old because his father was trying to hide his money and not pay taxes on Mm -hmm. it. His father, who, by the way, made his whole fortune off of FHA loans, Mm -hmm. you know, low-interest, no-interest loans that he got from the government as part of the New Deal, a.k.a. socialism. Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. His dad got all these loans that were designed to build low-cost housing for GIs, you know, returning from World War II, and that's what he built all over Queens and Brooklyn, and then he stiffed the government on paying taxes on it as he became a really wealthy man off of doing this, right? So he started hiding his funds and his children as a young kid, right? And he, what he would do is he'd put all the money in the Trump kid's name, or he'd, he'd buy a new piece of land that he was going to build a new apartment complex, and he'd gift it to his mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. and then he would rent it back from them at a price, wow. right? And this is how they were able to launder money, yeah. okay? And this is all reported, you know, um, in that the wonderful New York Times piece that came out a yes. couple years ago. But um, Russ and Suzanne Craig did that wonderful reporting, Russ Butner and Suzanne Craig. But anyway, so what I'm saying is that pattern continued into Trump, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He was doing all that. He paid an Ivanka a five hundred the 5000 consultation fee mm-hmm. while she was a Trump employee. How do you pay somebody who's on the payroll a consultation fee? You already work for them, right? And they have that. You know, the the Manhattan DA has that and the AG has that. So there's clearly going to be coming some, you know, something serious is going to be coming Ivanka's way, coming Ivanka's way, right? And she's going to have to fight that off with with some information that's going to make them look the other way, you know, or or, want to go beyond just prosecuting her. So, you know, that's the one area where I'm not sure. And by the way, I hope I'm wrong on all of this. You know, I hope Trump gets carted off in handcuffs tomorrow. My job as a comedian is to be pessimistic. You know, I'm trying to point to the larger dangers in society. 
you know, you mentioned the people on Twitter always like, slow down, let's be positive. Mm -hmm. It's not really my role to be positive. My my role (laughs) is to try to point out truth and make you laugh about it, but think about like, this is what you're really fearing, (laughs) you know, or this is what you really need to look out. And I hope I'm wrong. And, you know, but so long answer as they all are for me, but I think Ivanka will play some of those cards. I think Jared, who's already scot-free, right? Because mm-hmm. he's never been an employee of the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only been married to her for, for access, mm-hmm. you know, to political sort of fame. Yeah. You know, I think he would be out of here. Okay. My take is if it really hits the fan, he's mm-hmm. on the next Israel wow. or United Arab Emirates or something. You know, I think he's already got a go bag and a jet fueled on a <laughs> runway somewhere and he'd be gone, wow. you know, but <laughs> I do because there's no, there's not going to be any love loss. No, between. no, that, no, no. That's an arranged marriage. I think we talked about that yes, last we did. time. They're yeah. not, they're not each other's type naturally, if you get what I'm saying. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's just, you know. They're not going to, you know, miss each other. So yeah. uh, I think she, she would flip if they turn the screws on her. It's, I guess it's really the question is, do they have the, you know, the cojones to do that? Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, D.A. Vance passed on that opportunity, you know, 12, 15 years ago when it came to Trump yeah. Soho. Yeah, and that's exactly what Mary Trump said. So I'm wondering, well, that would be interesting because um, – I guess then Ivanka might be our only hope. That's kind of a disgusting thing for me to say. <laughs> it's like maybe if they go after her, um, like you said, turn the screws. She, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, I hope that she does kind of flip on him. And I don't know what that would, what the result of that would be. But I guess we'll just have to watch this play out. I mean, okay, so let's see what did I, what else did I want to ask you because I've been writing things down and then I because uh, my mind just goes a mile a minute oh I know what I want to ask you um, okay so this idea that Trump is supposed to be reinstated in August and you know and I like I like to steal Hal Sparks uh, name Mike Pillow has basically said I've got all the proof and he's going to be reinstated and so all the red hats are like woohoo so what do you think is going to happen I mean my prediction obviously is not it's not hard to make a prediction on this because I think it's going to lead to more violence but do you and I also know we have a different president now so it's going to be handled differently but I mean do you see insurrection part two coming in August um I don't think there'll be sort of one you know catalyzing event in the way the world got to focus know the ceremony of, of January 6th because you actually had people in one building yeah. you know that it was easy to kind of you know foment an insurrection mm-hmm. around I don't think there's an, a, a public event of equal magnitude in August obviously but and I love uh, Hal Sparks's name on that you know Mike <laughs> Miller, exactly and I, you know and, and I love your work too by the oh, way you, you know sexy liberal <laughs> podcast network rocks like you guys are doing great work getting the message out oh, there well thank you, know? you so and, much no worries. But uh, I just got to throw that plug in there because, you know, people, it's it's easy to turn this stuff off. Yeah. It's so much and it's coming at you so much. And, and I saw that with Trump. You know, that, that was his M.O. back in the 80s. He sort of throws so many things at you that you get weary mm-hmm. and you're just like, I can't yeah. even pay attention anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and if I have any kind of public voice, it's probably in speak in remembering all that stuff and mm-hmm. constantly pointing it out because there is so much of it you got to remind people like look it's always the same pattern mm-hmm. you know so to answer your question i think we're in exceedingly dangerous times mm-hmm. 
uh, in terms of a, a soft insurrection, yeah. you know, a guerrilla warfare that takes place in these Ford F-150s that are militarized and rolling down the road. I can already feel the hostility. Yeah. You know, I drove into the city yesterday. I'm in northern Westchester. You know, I'm driving through like 684 through Greenwich, and there's three huge pickup trucks with Punisher decals and American Jesus. flags, like going 90 miles an hour, cutting people off uh-huh. without turn signals. And that's a daily occurrence. That kind of anger Mm -hmm. of these bearded white men, (laughs) you know, these aggrieved white men in their $50,000 pickup trucks that look like they're getting ready to roll into Fallujah. (laughs) And it's like you work in Parsippany in customer service. What do you need the jacked up pickup truck for? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like this toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. that Trump has awakened. Those guys, they, they need to go somewhere with that anger. (laughs) More than anything, that's what Fox News is selling, and Mm -hmm. that's what Trump was selling. He was selling brutality, Mm -hmm. intellectual brutality, the men that were like, we no longer understand the world. We don't understand why a brilliant black man with a name that doesn't sound like our friends' name Mm -hmm. gets to be president. You know, and we right. still have to work contractors, yes. you know, in a place where our taxes keep going up. Yeah. And Trump offered no solution to those complex issues, you know, some of which are justified because, you know, not the anger is justified, but the world did change. And mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't keep pace with those changes, mm-hmm. you know, and they were surprised that they couldn't make $35 an hour anymore in a, in a, in a factory. You know, that the factory left Ohio, yeah. you know, and, and nobody was going to explain to him the reason it left was because Republican policies made it real easy <laughs> right. for companies to move over to China because yeah. they cared more about the sh- shareholders in their corporation than Joe Lunchbox, mm-hmm. you know, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But but you can't explain that complexity to these people because then you have no game. But if you exploit their anger, mm-hmm. you have an army. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've awoken. You know, and now that they bring in critical race theory, as you mentioned, it becomes almost like a, a white, not almost, it's a, it's a race war. Yeah, it You know, is. it's a white supremacist race war. And I'll make one more point. I'll shut up. <laughs> Just in the last week, right, on the 4th of July, a man was arrested in a Chicago hotel room who had one of those, you know, AR-15 mm-hmm. long rifles, five rounds of like high volume clips, ammunition clips, you know, and a loaded handgun. And it was found by a hotel cleaning person who walked into his room and saw the gun propped up against a window mm-hmm. overlooking a park that was going to have a Fourth of July celebration. Oh you know, you could have had a mass shooting if not, yeah. you know, for a hotel worker. A week later, on Friday night in Denver, next door to the All-Star game, to Coors Field, the same thing happened. But this time it was four guys and 10,000 rounds of ammunition and a bunch of long rifles. So both of those guys were planning something that most likely had it happened, you and I would be talking about the latest mass shootings today, right? right? And instead we're talking about, you know, the obvious threat underneath all this. So Mm -hmm. my question is, by the grace of God, both of those things didn't happen, Mm -hmm. you know? But they they could happen a lot Mm -hmm. and with a lot of frequency. And you can't win a guerrilla war. You know, the terror and chaos that these guys would sow would would bring us to our knees once again, and Trump would have no qualms about doing that. Michael Flynn and Roger Stone would engineer that stuff underneath it all, just like they probably engineered the January 6th, you know, Mm -hmm. insurrection. And and that's why you need to investigate this. Mm -hmm. Everyone, you know, back to your earlier point and what we were discussing, everyone's like, well, they're building a case. 
don't build a case. You got a right. war on your hands. Yeah. Get A.G. Garland out there, mm-hmm. subpoena every congressman you can, you know, say, where were you the night mm-hmm. before? Like, we know that Trump was in a suite in his hotel room, you know, at Trump Hotel in D.C., like planning this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, Roger Stone was at the Willard Hotel. Like, there was people there that you can call before Congress and say, what the hell were you doing there? Mm-hmm. You know, and who the hell did you talk to? Because that was not an ad hoc, in, improvised situation where people just all of a sudden decided to attack the Capitol. Right. You know, I worked on Capitol Hill. I was a bike messenger there for the Congressional Budget Office when I was in 1989. Like, mm-hmm. you don't you don't find, the, you know, the, the House Whip's office unless you know where you're going. Yeah, right, you, exactly. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Right. These guys knew exactly where to go, mm-hmm. you know, in a building that was designed to confuse you. Mm-hmm. So somebody had a plan these guys had radios you know mm-hmm. when they approached the capitol they turned those bike racks sideways and started using them as ladders to scale the wall mm-hmm. you don't just suddenly come up with that idea yeah. you come up with that if you do this a military operation mm-hmm. and that's what it was oh my god it's so frightening and i think you're exactly right about the guerrilla warfare i think we're just gonna you know I, i'm gonna have to double down on my mom who's going to argue with me and i know it but I think people out there who have any kind of bumper stickers on your car, you are just making yourself a target for these people. And normally I would never take this kind of attitude about a bumper sticker. Um, you know, I know there were people who were afraid to put Trump signs in their yard or not. I'm sorry, a Biden signs in their yards in 2020. But I think now since one six, especially um, that kind of serves as a precedent of violence for the white supremacy. And it's just, it's the whole fascist Trump movement, but um, and I'm going to say Trump movement because I, obviously there were racists and white supremacists before Trump, but he gave them a certain kind of a permission. And I think, you know, people who are riding around who have these liberal bumper stickers on their cars, you've got other people driving around who have guns and I just don't trust them. So that's my little personal uh, <laughs> recommendation. But I wanted to quickly also touch on because I don't know enough about this story. And I saw that you did a rant on it on your Instagram and probably on Twitter and also please never shut up. I don't want you to shut up. <laughs> I like when you talk. So tell us about the Eric Prince situation because I don't know enough about it. Another great segue. And thanks for warning people because you're right. I don't have any identifying markers on my car yeah. or in my house, yeah. you know, in my front yard. I, I can't afford to have those. Signs. Right. Cuz I get I got a death threat this morning. I'm sure you, know, you do. from a from a white woman and yeah. I can't believe I can't wait till they shoot you. You know, like literally a real person. I can't wait till they shoot you, you know, because I had a a tweet that said Ashley Babbitt was shot by a good guy with a gun. Yeah. Right. Which is always because they've now made her a martyr at CPAC, you know, and it's like that's your whole your whole deal as the NRA is that a good guy stops a bad guy with a gun. Mm -hmm. Right. So she was breaking a window and trying to get into the house chamber, was told to stop. She didn't stop. She got shot. That's what they call a justified shooting yeah. you know mm-hmm. so and 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 obviously trump is trying to dox the head of security mm-hmm. of whoever mm-hmm. shot her saying it's a democratic you know person yeah. we all know who he's trying to target but eric prince was a mercenary who founded blackwater and when we had the war in iraq we basically subcontracted a lot of the military services for the first time in our history to private contractors you know sort of the special forces guy once we'd gone into iraq and we got uh, let's face that we made pretty quick work in Iraq, mm-hmm. you know, and then we set up, you know, big military bases and, you know, did what we did with the oil and did what we did, like being there in the country. We would bring in these 
hired mercenaries that were from a North Carolina, I believe, based company called Blackwater. Mm -hmm. And that company had to be disbanded disbanded because they slaughtered a bunch of people. They killed over 100 people in downtown, you know, Baghdad one afternoon, just shot to kill and killed children Mm -hmm. and women and everything. They were like yahoos that, you know, were ex- you know, special forces guys and all these dudes that sort of been corrupted by money. And I've met a lot of these guys. Ironically, we hire these kind of people on some of the bigger sporting events I did to be security for talent and stuff. So I've met these guys and you'd be like, thanks for your service. And they'd be like, Hey dude, don't thank me. I like killing people. (laughs) You know, like these are like, you know, when when you'd say thank you for your service in the war, they'd be like, I thought it was fun. You know, there are crazy people out there that just really get off on shooting people. Mm -hmm. So Blackwater was kind of like, you know, a fraternity house for these kind of people, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they legally had mandate to go in this country, or at least they did for a while, and high-profile killing, that one of the guys is is who Trump pardoned when he was president, Mm -hmm. you know, because he loves these guys. So Eric Prince, that was his original company. It had to be disbanded because of all the bad press for the war crimes. (laughs) So he just sort of re-engineered it. His role in the 2016 election was he had that private meeting in the Seychelles, with mm-hmm. the Russian contact. So obviously he had some nefarious dealings with Trump and Trump's election. Mm-hmm. Trump gets elected, elected Eric Prince's sister, Betsy DeVos, yes. becomes the ag- secretary, you know, education secretary and does everything she can to dismantle the Department of Education. You know, they're sort of right-wing Christian fascist billionaires because yeah. they're both heirs to the Amway fortune. Wow. So they're very wealthy too, mm-hmm. you know. So cut to more recent times, Eric Prince during the last election set up a ranch in Wyoming and he started training operatives that he would get from like British mercenaries, you Mm -hmm. know, ex-British special forces guys and some Israeli guys and women. And he would train them on these ranches to infiltrate democratic organizations during the 2020 election, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... They would go down to Las Vegas, for example, and they'd have a woman pretending to be like, I want to sign up and help with the Democratic Party, you know, or they would one of his big MOs was that he would use find attractive women and try to get them to seduce Democratic, <sighs> you know, um, they went after one of the guys. They they actually went after what's his name? Yeah, McMaster in Trump's oh, right, right. in Trump's during Trump's term trying to get dirt. Wow. They found out what like restaurant he drank at, you know, or ate dinner at in D C every night. I believe it was at McMaster. And uh went to the hotel bar and this attractive woman tried to like sort of be a honeypot right. and bring him in and then they would have blackmailed him and he would have had to do whatever he yeah. wanted you know which is trump's mo forever yes. by the way yeah that's how he built his buildings in new york city you know he would he would get some compromising information on you most likely that he provided himself at mm-hmm. a party or something and then he would own you so eric prince operated this james bond like you know sort of subversive paramilitary organization that was trying to undermine the last election and could have in ways that we still don't know about right and he's done anything to him he's yeah. walking free you know he and and we don't have time for it now but he also did like paramilitary kind of things in africa and he's china is one of his big clients so he does all kinds Jeez. of like nefarious stuff around the world trying to aid china in their takeover of like strategic points of, you know, petroleum and, and shipping ways, you know, lanes and all this kind of stuff. So he, I'll make it simple for your listeners. You know, if you ever watch a James Bond movie, mm-hmm. you know, Eric Prince is the villain. 
you know, is, <laughs> right. is, is you know, like the the good looking kind of villain, right. you know, like yeah. that's who he is, you know. Oh my god! So that's our prince, you know, and oh it's my god. it's like I was saying before, it's easy to tune out, you yeah, know, it's it like is. hard to follow all this stuff and connect the dots, and that's what they're counting on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why we really need governments, you know, our government to 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 make this stuff public, you know, to have hearings on this and break it down for people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not enough to like write a Mueller report that nobody's going to be able to wait. Right. You know, yeah. you, you need to make it simple. That's why you need televised hearings mm-hmm. on the January 6th election. You know, because the, the right does that, you know, mm-hmm. like as we've been saying this whole conversation, Trump's really good at just, you know, picking a couple of boogeymen and playing a country song and waving a flag and everybody's clapping and they get it. Mm-hmm. They leave that gig knowing what their marching orders are Mm -hmm. you know to stop liberalism to stop socialism you know none of which even exist we're not biden is not a liberal by any stretch of the imagination you know like and we're not a socialist nation you know it's not marxism but but let me make one more point please because of all we've said you know lauren bulbert was all over twitter Mm -hmm. over the weekend you know, like on that CPAC stage, bouncing around at her mm-hmm. four foot, eight inch height, you know, in her tight <laughs> jeans, like, you know, like a bad comic who all of a sudden was playing like Caesar's Palace, you yeah. know, I was like, whoa, can you imagine what it's like to be her? Mm-hmm. The amount of fame yeah. she has achieved in six months. Mm-hmm. She's a household name. You know, yeah. she was... She worked at McDonald's when she was a teenager. Not that there's anything wrong about that, but right. she she worked at McDonald's. She's from Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, her her middle name is Opal. You yeah. know, to give you any <laughs> idea of, of what her childhood was like. You know, she's Lauren Opal. You know, from Florida, who got her GED, and then a few years later, you know, after like opening a restaurant shooters, you know, where the waitresses walk around with sidearms, mm-hmm. you know, strapped mm-hmm. to their thighs. She's one of the most famous women in America, mm-hmm. and she's getting all this attention, and she's tweeting, you know, tweeting on Twitter and trending and all this stuff. Can you imagine what that feels like? You know, like I've been a, around fame my whole life, as mm-hmm. you know. My I mm-hmm. worked in the music business for 25 years and in live TV. You know, mm-hmm. I worked with Michael Jackson and Madonna, and I've seen boy bands. Like I worked with Justin Bieber on his first gig and wow. saw him. You know, I saw what sudden fame can do to you. Yeah. There's nobody who's immune to that. It's intoxicating as hell. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I shudder to think about what this level of fame is doing to these yeah. already twisted people and what they would do mm-hmm. as their power ascends. Mm-hmm. You know, because here's the fear. You know, you got Marjorie Taylor Greene, you got, you know, Lauren Boebert, you got the Madison Caulfield or whatever, you know, the 25-year-old mm-hmm. college dropout from North Carolina who's lied about everything, you know, yeah. that in his entire life, and he's now super famous. Mm-hmm. He was the featured speaker, one of them at CPAC, who said the government's going to knock on your door and take your guns and Bibles. Yeah. Like, you know, it's so base, the right. kind of lies that yes. they're hurling. but. How many other people are watching that and being like, mm-hmm. I want some of that? Right. And are going to run, you know, and Twitter is going to give them a verified check mark mm-hmm. as soon as they announce their candidacy, and they're going to raise millions of dollars, and it's real easy. You don't have to be smart to, like, repeat guns are good, God, Democrats are bad, mm-hmm. you know, and and now you're a famous congressman. So yeah. my point is in this next ele- election cycle, you could have 20 or 30 Lauren Boeberts, you Jesus, know, full-on yeah. QAnon type 
representatives, yeah. you know, your Marjorie Taylor Greens, and that'll be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like you won't get, you won't wash that out of the fabric of America for generations because mm-hmm. all these people have children too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Think of all the kids that grew up in these households in the last couple of years that buy it, mm-hmm. you know, that hear their angry father mm-hmm. cursing along with Fox News every night. You know, and they, they you know, you know how it is. Like yeah. most people adopt their parents' political beliefs, mm-hmm. you know. So it's going to be really hard, you know. It's going to be, we have, you know, they're building an army. You know, it's the same method that, that you know, the Taliban used, mm-hmm. you know, or all the, you know, mm-hmm. like all the terrorist organizations have always used. You find sort of poor, disaffected mm-hmm. people and you make it feel like it's a religious thing to, to deny the humanity of other human beings. Right. Hitler did it. Best, worst example. Right. So that's happening here. And Mm -hmm. Hitler didn't have Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know, Hitler didn't have Fox News and QAnon Mm -hmm. and 24 hours of this stuff. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I had uh, Christian Picciolini on last week and, you know, he he was an ex neo-Nazi for eight years. And we were talking about the fact that it's so much easier for white supremacists, and it's not just white supremacists, it's fascists, and it's all of them, to organize. I mean, that you have something like Q, and I just wanted to throw in that, uh, you know, these people who they're recruiting into their guerrilla army are, you know, victims of the fact that GOP has been defunding education for decades. And unfortunately, that funding has never returned, so it's just, it's gotten worse and worse. And so you have all these people, especially in these red states, who are not educated and they've not traveled anywhere and they live in a bubble and the other, anybody who falls under the category of other is is going to take away whatever it is they think they have. And they're so easy to manipulate and so easy to control. And then you throw the religion in there and it's the perfect storm. And it's just, it's unfucking believable And, you know, I mean, you're talking about not, that we have to continue to pay attention. You know, recently, I'd say, uh, it was like last week, I don't know, I got so fucking bogged down with the stress. And I've talked about this on mo- uh, mostly on my patrons only, but I'll just be really brief because I did talk about it a little bit, I think, with Jody Hamilton. But I, I think, you know, I'm I'm going to be 53 on Saturday. And so I... You know, as a woman who's aging, I have put on some weight from I'm not the slender young thing that I used to be, but I had my tests like I was testing my hormones and it came back that I have high cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And it was interesting because you do four saliva tests throughout the day. And my very first test, which is before I look online or anything, my cortisol was normal. And then the last three uh, were high. And in the middle of the day, when I'm like really in the thick of things, it was the highest. And then around, I don't know, dinner time, it started to dissipate. And that's when I'm starting to wind down from the day. And I, I, I sincerely believe I started, I fucking started gaining weight when Trump basically became the nominee. And I, I, I genuinely wonder, I mean, I know that if I were 25, this wouldn't necessarily happen because I am the age that I am. I think like all this stress of of everything that's happening is is causing me to gain a little bit of weight and while weight itself is not anybody's problem it's just that it's you know we all deal with the stress differently um whether it's weight gain whether it's depression or having problems sleeping i mean i remember you know once biden was basically inaugurated so many people were like i finally got a good night's sleep so it's been affecting us physically 
in so many different ways. And it, as difficult as it is to continue to pay attention, I mean, I think it's really important that we take breaks and we do things that are healthy, whether it's exercise or, you know, watching something that makes you laugh. We, we, we have to pay attention but we, and we have to take breaks. But we can't, because it's like you said, they want us to just tune out. Because if we tune out, they take over. And we can't tune out. And with that, uh, the last question I have for you is, uh, do you have any predictions for 2022 and 2024? Um, do you feel, like, how do you feel as we move into 2022? Well, I think, uh, let me just address your last point, because it's such a wonderful thing to make. And I feel the same way. I feel my cortisol levels rise. Yeah. To the point where I feel like I'm going to have a heart, you know, not yeah. a heart attack, but like a stroke or something. Mm-hmm. And and. You know, I'm 50 myself. I turned so happy birthday, by the oh, way. I turned you. 50 in the spring. You know, and before the lockdown, I would go to yoga every day. You know, right. I have a serious yoga practice in New York City, and that would help me mm-hmm. manage this stress. You know, in the in the shutdown, I didn't have that. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. do it at home, but I'm the kind of guy who needs a teacher to yeah. make me get in those really twisty positions. <laughs> like I start to do it myself, and oh, I'll just stay in this position for a half an hour. Oh, what's on that? What's on TV? You know, and uh, I need to be in that class and yeah. like sort of keeping the peer pressure. You mm-hmm. know, of getting through the hour of vinyasa. Mm-hmm. But cortisol is a real thing. It you is. Know, yeah. I, I've never talked about this on any podcast. I don't think. And last time I revealed stuff, but you know, I'm in recovery myself I've, mm. I've been in in the program for 16 years i'm a recovering alcoholic and when i went to rehab rehab for me was the national institutes of health mm-hmm. down in bethesda maryland mm-hmm. I, I participated in like an experimental program mm-hmm. where basically they were going to try out all kinds of like medicines and all this stuff but basically what they determined and told me was that you know a spiritual program you know the 12 steps of a re- program or what will really work for you but while I was there they were experimenting on me you know so I got this free rehab for a month and it was wonderful this Mm. was in 2005 but one of the experiments they did on me was a cortisol stress test Mm -hmm. where they basically like strapped me down you know and a doctor came with this shot of cortisol and he looked nervous like taking it out of the little box (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like this nuclear kind of thing you know and a nurse stood there and started watch and they injected it into me and then took blood every 15 minutes for like three hours wow. to measure my stress levels yeah. right because because cortisol and stress you know they gave me enough that my body would feel like fight or flight as if I was yeah. in the jungle and get chased by a lion or something so you know and they're like how do you feel how do you feel and I was like I feel fine hmm. and and t- when you said that I realized I feel that same cortisol now when I get into this stuff, but mm-hmm. 10 times worse than I did wow. laying in that bed under medical supervision, like don't even move yeah. with a nurse next to my bedside for four hours. So the point is, it's dangerous, mm-hmm. you know, and they can kill you that way too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's a saying in recovery, your disease wants you dead, but it'll be happy with you being miserable, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> That's sort of the same thing that the forces of this country want. You know, yeah. you, you so brilliantly mentioned like the lack of education. That's what laid the groundwork mm-hmm. work for this. Reagan cut humanities funding. Yes. They cut art education on purpose mm-hmm. because if you learn about arts, you learn about your own humanity and then you learn about somebody else's humanity mm-hmm. and it's that much harder to demonize somebody else that you now understand, mm-hmm. right? They didn't want any of that kind of thinking 
you know, in the in the multitudes of Americans that they wanted to manipulate. You know, they wanted yeah. to say it's morning in America again. Right, you know, yeah. Wave that flag. This old senile guy from California's got your back. <laughs> you know, meanwhile he's in El Salvador and you know, like yeah. all kinds of they're shipping in cocaine to like South Central, like the CIA's doing whatever it was it was anything but patriotic, but it yeah. was sold right. to a public that didn't really understand themselves or the world that they live in. Mm-hmm. And now that's come home to roost. Yes. Right? Now that is on steroids. Mm-hmm. So your point is you can't look away and you can't, you know, and you have to manage it. And, you know, just this hour talking about it, like I feel my court, my stress mm-hmm. is ripping. I'm going to go for a bike ride. I'm up in the country. So I'll go for a bike ride after this. But I'm glad you said that because it's just so important to breathe mm-hmm. and find a holistic way to treat this yeah. because that's the only that you got to be a healthy warrior. You mm-hmm. know, a well-fed army fights many battles or I'm, I butchered that thing, but you know, <laughs> it's, you got to feed your soul, too, because yeah. all of this stuff is trying to strip it away. And there is hope, mm-hmm. you know. So to finish your question, what I see in 2022 and 2024 mm-hmm. is like a full court press with the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But the good news is we can come together again. Mm-hmm. You know, we can laugh. We can listen to music. Mm-hmm. You know, we can read books. We can find each other's humanity. And that's what I would say engage in. You know, find those moments of joy and grace. Mm-hmm. There was a woman, I believe, a young girl. Her name is Zaila Avant-Garde. She won the National Spelling Bee yes, last weekend. Yes, was so cool. You, know, <laughs> you saw it, right? Yes, I did. And this moment when she's just sort of catching mm-hmm. the confetti mm-hmm. and just pleased with herself yeah. in a way that not was so humble but right. beautiful. Right. You want that for everyone's children. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of moment that comes around rarely in life but is a beautiful thing that makes us all richer. Mm-hmm. You know, she should have been everyone's child that day. Yeah. We should all take pride in that. That's the world we want to create. Mm-hmm. That's the world that we're fighting for and we need to move towards. And we'll get there. You know, we saw Biden's administration, right? The wonderful poet. Her name's yes. escaping me now. Yeah. You know, Another one of these moments, like there's excellence, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, there's an old, uh, there's an old saying, you know, um, let me, it's an old uh, Arab saying, and it goes, thorns, thorns, the nature of the rain is the same, but it grows flowers in the garden and thorns in the marsh hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's like we're life is suffering you know there's mm-hmm. going to be obstacles but you, you have the ability to still find the beauty and cultivate the things that are good and ultimately that's what's going to transform this awareness commonality yeah. humanity empathy yeah. you know if there's a theme in my work it's empathy as a stand-up i'm starting to perform again it's about empathy you know, it's about pointing out the idiocy and the hypocrisy of bigotry and racism mm-hmm. because you're losing out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're losing out on stuff. Well, yeah, and I certainly hope. I mean, I, I'm stressed out about these coming elections, and it seems to be that we have set this thing now where we're always in an election season, and the it's always kind of like we're, we're marching on the edge of democracy, and if they do win, that's going to be the end of our democracy as we know it, and then... And then I keep fucking hearing the song, This is the End of the World as We Know It. I've heard it like three times in the the last week. And the crazy thing is I didn't hear it so much in 2000. But when Trump, uh, I'm sorry, when Trump, when Bush won in 2004, I just, I, I remember when it became solidified, he was the guy. 
I heard, I would hear that song on the radio all the time. And I would just think, mm hmm. And so it's like, I keep fucking hearing that song and I wish I wouldn't. But I, I, I'm hoping that because right now we have a little bit of time, not a lot, time is ticking, but we, it's, you know, the, the election is not tomorrow. I hope that enough Americans pay attention. I, I think the Democrats could do more. And I'm hoping that they start doing more in 2022 at the beginning of the year. They become more vocal and they, they point out. Like, I think Biden should do weekly or biweekly kind of fireside chats. I think the vice president should. I think people who are Democratic leaders should figure out, you know, the messaging. Like, the Frank, I just, I, I think it was on, uh, what's her name? Um, Joy Reid was talking about how Frank Luntz came up with climate change because that, global. That was, did, did Joy Reid just say that? Because I just tweeted about that last week. Yes, she did. And I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday. I don't remember exactly what day. But she said, oh, wow. yeah, she said that it was him that came up with it because global warming sounded too scary. So climate change was the Frank Luntz creation, who is that political strategist who, yeah. you know, tests all the words. That was my tweet. I wow. tweeted that on Thursday. I got into a big argument with people on Twitter because they were like, use global warming. And global – Joy follows me, by the way, as I follow her. And right. she mentions me on the show yes, all the time. Yes, she does, yes. So I missed it on Thursday because I would have been like, that's from my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, – and that's the beauty of Joy Reid is that she she's on Twitter yeah. like you and I are. And she listens to people. She and does, then she'll yeah. say it on network mm-hmm. TV, which is fantastic. But that was from – I'm not saying – it could be coincidence, but that's right. what I was tweeted about. I tweeted wow. about last week, Interesting. and people have accepted that global warming was the term that Bush administration White House preferred. Yeah. You know that Frank Lutz told them Republicans found less scary than or climate change rather right. than right. global warming. You know, right. and now we've just accepted it, mm-hmm. and there's a lesson in there for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. You know, because yes. the Republicans are really good at messaging in terms of like their own interests. And we come up with defund the police, and like working against us. Like whoever came up with that, we need some focus groups because that's a dumb slogan. You know? I know it's like, like we need the focus groups. And, and I, you know, I actually said that I'm never going to fucking tweet about I'm never going to talk about that defund the police because you get so many people screaming at you. And it's like, dude, I'm all for it because I understand what it means. But go explain that to some old person in Florida. Just say the word defund the police to an old person in Florida and watch their face. So it, it, it doesn't, you know, it's like, oh, my God, it's so fucking maddening. But anyway, um, well, you know, let's let's end this on a hopeful note. I hope that the Democrats and the American people recognize because it's not just Democratic voters. It is the independent voters. It is the never Trump type people. They have to realize that, you know, this this once again, we are on the brink and we have to save ourselves. And I hope we do. And I hope before uh, the next election, you'll come back on my show because I love talking to you. <laughs> awesome, Kimberly. I would love to. Now, we have some good conversations, man. Yeah. I do a lot of these things. And uh, yours is, you're really, really good at this. And Aww. it's always a great qualification. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, you. a true qualification. The <laughs> story, you know, whatever yeah. it is. A conversation, that's what it's Conversation. Called. Well, and you're so cute and I love you. And so, um, and I love your rants. And you're just, I think you're really important because you, it's like you said, with sense of humor, uh, you can make such an impact. And I'm certainly not a comedian, but I do try some. At least I try to laugh. So I think we can appeal to more people and get them to hang on and understand a little more if there can be a little humor in it. But before I let you go, uh, as usual, tell everybody where they can find you. Awesome. Well, I have a podcast, Noel Kassler Podcast, myself. And you can find me on Twitter, 
Noel Kassler Comedy, and I'll be at the Rams Head in Annapolis, Maryland on September 16th. It's a Thursday night. It's a $20 ticket. It's going to be a good time. Last time I was there was with Stephen Stills back oh, wow. in my music days 10 <laughs> years ago. So I'm going to tell some stories from that night and the road and obviously get into all the Trump stuff, but in a fun way. So come on out, have some crab cakes and laugh. I'll be at the Wall Street Theater in South Norwalk, Connecticut, November 18th. That's still down the road, but you can find all this and more at noelcastler.com. Awesome. And then, of course, I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E on Twitter. All my books are on Amazon. Thank you so much, Noel, for being on the show. I love talking to you. My pleasure. I love talking to you, Kimberly. Be safe and well, and have a good rest of the summer, and I look forward to talking to you next time. And I'll see you on Twitter, because you're fire. Keep it up. (laughs) Thank you. You too. All right, take care. Bye-bye. You got it. Bye-bye.